Welcome to another Sunday experience at Resurgent Church. Each time we gather, whether it be online or in person at Resurgent, our mission is to see hearts revived, relationships restored, culture reformed, and nations reawakened. Today, as you listen, it's our prayer that something within you comes alive to the things of God, whether it be His great love for you or the good things He has planned for your future. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon. Andrew and I were talking the other day and he was getting, as we do, 21 years married, eight on the Enneagram and nine on the Enneagram. If you understand Enneagram, if not, jump into our Grow online courses that you can self-pace, do at your own time. It's profound uh, tools for self-awareness and relational connection. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, we were talking about our communication styles. Come on. Anyone that is just doing life in any way, shape or form with people, you'll understand the diversity in communication styles. And how I tell a story, we were talking about the frustration of my storytelling. I'm a really bad joke teller, that is for sure. But what I've realized is as a nine on the Enneagram, they talk about nines being like epic drama, like everything is a long story, a bit of a stereotype, but kind of true. And so I love to tell the story before I tell the outcome. But he is all about, is this good? Is this bad? That self-preservation eight is like, does it affect me? Does it not? Are the girls good? Are they not in terms of like, are they safe? Is everyone okay? And so he's been trying to teach me, say the outcome, say the end of the story first and then I can listen. Otherwise my whole time my brain is like, is it good? Is it not? Am I safe? Am I not? Who, who's hurt? What's happening? Because even my tone sounds like drama. I love the journey and the detail and I hope to engage people in this kind of way. But what I've realized is I lose him if I don't give him the outcome first. My daughter Avalon is an, kind of an incredible storyteller. In fact, she probably tells the outcome first. She's good at that. She's amazing, a bit more like her dad, but she's always captivated people by telling stories. When she was young, um, she was in elementary school, quite young, like grade two or something. And, and the teacher pulls me in at the end of the day and said, your daughter had the whole class captivated in this story. And so the bullet point of the, the truth of the story she wanted to share is that um, she recalls our car breaking down and we had to pull off the highway on the side of the road. And, um, and so there was that story. And then the other story was once when we were in a car park, she was super young and she fell out, like literally rolled out of her uh, kid's chair, her, her little toddler chair in the car and fell out and bled everywhere. And I thought I had to take her to the hospital and I was so distracted, um, kind of still talking to people that, you know, anyway, I told her, see, I can't even tell that story, but basically she was okay, but, I really was very distracted talking to people and didn't even see the whole thing happen. So there are two stories in her mind, but she's got these grade twos all around her telling this story. And she says, once I was driving on the highway and the car door opened and I fell out and I bumped my head and I rolled to the side of the road, but my mum's car kept driving, but it was okay. Cause I had my lunchbox with me. And literally she said, the teacher said she had her whole class so captivated in 
this story. She's a great storyteller. So this is an amazing uh, example of differences in the ways we tell stories. And I've been thinking about the Kingdom series that we are in. It's, it's really impacting me like quite personally and the revelation of Kingdom, the eyes wide open and my ears listening to what God is doing and what God is saying in this season to all of us across the earth that are learning and continuing to learn how to follow Jesus. But what I've come to realize is the greatest storyteller on the planet was Jesus. And he did it in so many different ways according to who was listening and what was happening. We tell a lot of stories now still ourselves. We use social media to storytell. Marketing says that storytelling is still the greatest form of getting your product out and relevant to another person. And Jesus just taught us and teaches us so much about storytelling for kingdom impact, for kingdom come. Mark 4, if you want to take your Bible out or look at it online on YouTube, it'll come up on the screen. On new version, you can look at it, but it can come up on the screen. Mark 4 verse 10 says, When they were off by themselves, those who were close to him, along with the twelve, asked about the stories, because he was telling lots of stories. He told them, You've been given insight into God's kingdom, and you know how it works. But to those who can't see it yet, every Everything comes in stories. Everything comes in stories. Creating readiness and nudging them towards receptive insight. It goes on and it says in, in verse 33, with many stories like these, he presented his message to them, fitting the stories to their experience and maturity. He was never without a story when he spoke. Fitting their stories to their experience and maturity. I believe we are entrusted and responsible with kingdom stories. Kingdom story, the kingdom story within us. Andrew and I are more convinced than ever that the days of only gathering people into a large environment to hear the gospel, the, like the, the, the focus on that alone for kingdom come it, it's gone there will be gatherings we will need them some people will absolutely essentially go i need to gather and we want to gather the saints we do not want to forsake the gathering and we will and i'm believing and we believe we will open and that will happen in our model but we cannot rely on the gathering alone to share the story of the kingdom with those god is entrusting to us in relationship on our journey in our social media in all the places we're entrusted with influence storytelling is our responsibility seed sowing is our responsibility but the soil and the heart of where those seeds go that's god's responsibility and that's another human's responsibility but we are encouraged by god to not stop telling stories. And we're going to look now at the kingdom of God and what it's like. We're going to look at stories that Jesus shared about the kingdom of God and what it was like and what we're going to believe and trust that this would happen. These 
These kingdom of God are like illustrations. They're called parables. And we believe it's going to inspire you to seek the kingdom in new ways. And I believe it's going to inspire you to tell the story of the kingdom in new ways. A parable, which is what we're going to refer a lot to. And there's so many that Jesus teaches. I'm just going to pull out like a few. And the word parable was from the Aramaic and Greek word. And it means metaphor, allegory, simile, illustration, comparison, figure of speech, riddle or enigmatic saying that is meant to stimulate intense thought. Throughout Hebrew history, the wise men and prophets and teachers, they'd always use parables as a method of teaching spiritual truths. So it got beyond like the mind and the heart and brought relative, relevant spiritual truth to the mind and the heart before the spirit could kind of understand and capture it. Poets would write riddles and musicians would sing proverbs with this kind of imagery and storytelling. And Jesus was never without a story because he knew people needed to comprehend the kingdom with eyes, eyes and ears that could hear and comprehend in new ways. And so here's a few thoughts on the parables I'm noticing. I read through, I studied so many of them, but let me bring you a few today. If you want to take notes, you can do that. First of all, first thought number one, the kingdom is to be valued above all else. The parables Jesus taught the kingdom of God is like. It shows us the immense worth and value of this kingdom revelation. Matthew 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field and a man found it and he concealed it. Then in his joy, he goes out and sells all that he has and buys that field. Matthew 13, 44. I love this. First of all, the kingdom of God is like, it's like a treasure hidden in a field. Now here's what Jesus doesn't say in any of his story here. He doesn't say, did he just come across the field? Was he looking for a treasure in the field? It just said he found the treasure in a field. You know, some people are going to find the kingdom, the good news. Some people are going to find this good news. They're just going to come across it. You might be on social media and sharing the good news, sharing the love of God, sharing the good news of the kingdom in your own way. And they might just find you. They might come into a job and just find you. And this coincidence is not a coincidence because there's an orchestrating. Now, here's the deal, though. He could have just, oh, found it. Or he could have found it because he was looking for it. And we don't know how the kingdom is discovered, the, the treasure hidden in this field is discovered. But what we do know is he thought it was so precious and so important. And at that point, he didn't know anyone else should have it, that he hid it again. Then he went and he got money to buy the whole field. He invested everything he could own to find to literally own what he just found. I love this story because it nudges even us as believers to value the kingdom of God 
in our life in new ways when life has felt ho-hum and life has felt just happening it's like this awe and this wonder finding new things about the kingdom i pray this series is helping you find new things about the kingdom of god that are stirring you and are honestly saying i'll sell whatever i'll do whatever i will continue to treasure what i've found in God and in his good news and more about Jesus. The second story I want to share that Jesus told is the kingdom of God cannot be made better. It is what it is. It's it's all perfect. It's all it's all there's nothing else humans can add to the kingdom story. Matthew 13, 45 and 46 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Now this person is in search of fine pearls, something of value, and who in finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. So here's an interesting concept. He was in search of a fine pearl and when he found one that was of great value, then he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Jesus chose a pearl as opposed to like gold or a diamond that has to kind of be chipped away at because to find a pearl, there's nothing that you can add to that pearl. There's nothing that you need to chip away for that pearl of great price. It is what it is. It's already perfected. We can't improve it. We can't make it more valuable, but what we can do is honor it as more valuable and honor this good news in a way that is like, God, would you let my eyes keep seeing the value? I've been looking for more of you. I've been looking for more of the kingdom. I've been looking for more of your presence. I've been looking for more awe and wonder. I've grown familiar with what I know. So would you help me? to seek you more. Then I think about kingdom stories that you want to share and influence that you want to have for the kingdom. There's some people would strive in this. And yet I believe again that when we live kingdom oriented, there is a, a, a platform God is going to entrust us with because we already see the awe and the wonder about what God is doing. On my social media, personally, I have friends from all around the world. And then I have local friends now, lots of them that are on Facebook and social media with me. And, and so I was trying to be a little bit more relevant in my communicating of the gospel, even though they all know I love Jesus. They all know I'm a pastor. They know what I do. They're, they're watching. And yet I, was, uh, I felt like actually I was nearly hiding some of what I wanted to say in case they misunderstood what I wanted to say. And so God's been stirring in me over the last few months, this boldness and this next level of how to tell the kingdom story in a way that I trust if I tell it, God will do what he likes with it. So I want to encourage you around your storytelling today. The third thought I have is the kingdom of God is when new meets old. Matthew 13, Jesus says, Every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure both what is new and what is old. Every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven. 
friend that is no longer up to a religious person to be able to access what you can find in the scriptures, what you can find in your kingdom story. There is old in your kingdom story and there is new in your kingdom story. Don't discard the old. Don't discard what feels ho-hum. Don't discard what might feel familiar to you and go, oh, that's just old news. It won't be old news for someone. But don't also let old be all you have. There's new, there's more, there's eyes that can be opened to what God wants to do. There's new and old in your house. There's new and old in your life. There's, there's uh, Old Testament and New Testament, which is what he's referring to. Don't throw away the history and the story of me in the Old Testament, but you need to have eyes wide open to this new covenant and this new way. And some of you that have maybe been in the Old Testament for a long time, I encourage you don't look at the Old Testament as just rules and regulations, but see Jesus and the coming of Jesus in the Old Testament. Like open your eyes to the new. Hold on to the old, like the foundations of what you know, but open your eyes to the new. Too many scribes and religious people of the day were rejecting the new covenant that Jesus was bringing, but Again, steep yourself in God reality all the way through from the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament in searching out and finding Jesus. Fourth thought, the kingdom makes all around it grow and expand. Matthew 13, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. Okay, I tried to make bread last year in COVID. I was one of those people that were like, I'm going to be a bread maker and my family loved it. And I think my first bit of COVID weight gain started when every day I was baking bread. And then I got like an allergic reaction all up and down my arms. And I said to the doctor, what is this? And he's like, ah, it's a little bit too much bread, a little bit too much yeast. But this is how the kingdom of God works. Go put this good news in ways that you want to in the world that you live in and watch God make the whole thing rise. All that seed sowing, do not grow weary in it. All that uh, yeast being just added, that love, that forgiveness, that that peace that you're going to bring, that wisdom, that leadership principle that is so biblical and where did it come from? That new idea. Don't stop like the seeds sowing and the yeast uh, sneaking it into the world that you live in and watch it rise within people around you. Will you look for the kingdom at work where you've sown? Would you start to see with eyes, new eyes, maybe people around you that again, you just can't see the kingdom at work in their life, but would you open your eyes and see actually how God is at work in them? These days where just in my personal world, as we continue to contend for peace in our teenagers' minds and hearts, and, and there's days where I just need to see with kingdom eyes the seeds that have been sown and what god is doing and i encourage you the same i hope this is helping you today but the king number five the kingdom has room for others i love this kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed into a field it's the smallest of seeds but it grows larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree the birds of the air can come and make nests in the branches listen to this the birds of the air 
Here we're actually referring to people of the world because the, the scriptures call like the enemy, Satan, um, the prince, principality and powers of the air. And here what he's talking about is even in the tree that's growing in your life, in the kingdom tree that is growing in your life, the kingdom fruit that's growing out of your life, do you know what? There's room for people that don't know Jesus. There's room for people that don't understand, that have a completely um, different worldview than you, that have a completely different mindset, that maybe even have an opposing spirit. They're still going to come and find room in your branches. They're going to find a safe place. They're going to find, it's not even safe, it's actually dangerous in the spirit realm for them but it's good and there's room in the mustard seed that's growing within you that you are going to become a tree with branches that can actually hold uh, others as they go on their spiritual journey i believe the kingdom of god grows in your life and many from the world around you will come and sit in that tree i truly see it i truly feel it friend Number six, the kingdom requires harvesting. Mark four, the kingdom of God is like a man scattering seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises. He doesn't do anything as it's growing. But what happens in verse 29 is when the grain is ripe, the man puts in the sickle and the harvest has come. Do you know what? For everything that we don't do when it comes to the kingdom, there's one thing that we do do. There's a moment when like the harvest is growing up and at that point we've got to be like, it's like a sickle and it kind of has to cut off what is growing. You know, we are not responsible for someone else's, where the seed is in someone else's life, but as it's growing in us, Jesus also goes on and say that every tree has to be pruned. And so there's some things we're going to need to cut down. There's some things for a harvest to happen that are going to feel like a cutting, feel like a slashing, feel like even some relationships where you've sown a whole lot of seed. Even maybe someone that you've even been in like a relationship with, a romantic relationship with, but you've got to actually cut it off at a certain level in the natural before what needs to happen spiritually will happen. I believe that's a word maybe for someone today, but there's a time where you will take part in the harvest and it's a, God, is this now? When is this? How do I, how again do I navigate these relationships? What do I nurture? What do I water? What do I need to harvest? What do I need to cut off right now? What do I need to prune? Start asking the Lord the questions. And then lastly, because there are so many, there's, there's actually hundreds of parables. So trust me that seven might feel a lot, but um, there's seven I felt to really highlight Matthew 13 again Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a net that fisher folk throw into the sea gathers all sorts of fish when the net is full they pull it in and then they have to sort the good fish from the bad and separate the evil from the righteous and cast the evil into the fiery furnace in that place there will be a weeping and a gnashing of teeth I just want to say the gospel message the good news of Jesus it needs to be scattered. The seed needs to go wherever because I'm telling you now, heaven is a reality, friend. Kingdom of God now and in our future is a reality, but so is the kingdom of darkness. It's real. And life without God for your eternity is hell. That's exactly what the definition of hell is. And I believe that kingdom of God is entrusted for us to steward and I believe the kingdom of God is at hand and I believe that there is a storytelling and an awakening of this influence and this storytelling and this effectiveness because hell is real and heaven is real friend 
And I'm believing God is entrusting us with seeing his kingdom come here on earth. And it's not ours to say who will and won't go, but there will come the end of our days and there will come a, um, an account that we give for the life that we've lived. And it's an account where God wants to reward us. It's not all how he wants to punish us at all. It is not his heart. But, but again, like we're entrusted with storytelling and people are then responsible and God is responsible with them for what happens in their heart. And so remember, this is a heart thing, a heart thing, a heart thing. We cannot judge where someone is going. We just keep storytelling and seed sowing. So I'm going to end by saying this. The disciples approached Jesus, Matthew 13, and said, why do you always speak? in these parables that are so hard to understand. And he said to his disciples, you've been given intimate experience of insights into the hidden mysteries in the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive more revelation until he has more than enough. Would you keep an open heart, friend? But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach, because they think they're looking for truth. Yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they'll never fully perceive the message I speak. This word message means secret or mystery. The mystery of heaven's kingdom realm. The insights into the ways and nature of God. Would you stay open? Would you keep an open heart? You are not responsible for anyone else's heart, but keep an open heart, keep an awe and wonder, keep this storytelling God speaking through his word, through his presence, through his people. And then would you keep telling kingdom stories to others and believe God will open their eyes and God will open their ears. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and and seek after his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you i'm praying now you will keep seeking the revelation of the kingdom in new ways we're believing this will be so deeply impacting that each and every one of us will be mobilized into where god would call us in the kingdom to love people well and to storytell in ways that feel relevant to them stories that relate to their life their interests their um their their vocations their jobs that god will give you wisdom to translate the kingdom story into such relevant ways that we're going to see an unprecedented harvest keep telling kingdom stories thank you for listening to our sermon series may it stir faith in your spirit and hope in your soul if there is any way we can help you as a local church then don't hesitate to reach out to us by contacting us at hello at resurgentchurch.ca Follow us on social media to get the latest happenings in the life of our church. And be sure to also check out our website at resurgent.church.